Welcome back to another episode of Caps Off by the Game Day. A little special episode right now. A little preview of what will be happening in season. Felipe, tell them what we'll be doing in season. What are we going to be doing in season? I don't know. It's a good question. What are we gonna oh, do? fantasy. Yeah, it's fantasy football. I was That's actually expecting the little intro to be like, welcome to Caps Off Fantasy. And well, you we, didn't say it, so I was like, hmm. You know, this is just the first first crack at it. So, so fantasy is back. Fantasy is Fantasy is football is back. Fantasy football is back because there's been a lot of other fantasy shit going on. But fantasy football is back. Football <laughs> is back. And uh, we get to do mock drafts. I know you love mock drafts. Oh, fantasy I'm, never ended for you because yeah. you've been doing 100 yep. mock drafts a day since, since March, February. March, March. March. I was a little bit I gave early. myself a little, like, two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks yep. Two weeks off from the Super Bowl. Relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the mock draft Reset. starts March, yep. one, March yep. 1st. Yep. But, yeah. Um, in season, Felipe and myself will be doing two fantasy episodes per week on top of the three that we already record on Caps Off. So, Monday, yeah, Wednesday, Friday will be the normal Caps Off release dates. Tuesday and Thursday will be your fantasy episodes. So, if you're into fantasy football, make sure to check that out. It's only going to be 20-minute episodes. They're going to be super short, super concise. We'll be reacting to stuff that happens on Sunday and Monday. And then on Thursday, we'll kind of be looking ahead and doing some you know, buy low, sell highs. We'll have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but this this past week, we actually had the privilege. For some reason, I don't know why you and I were invited to do it, but we did a mock draft with a ton of industry experts, guys that write for fantasy pros, guys that are from like footballers and everything. Uh, yeah. Fantasy footballers, I think like, it is le- actually. Yeah, legitimate like Legit people that do this for a living. And they called us experts also. Though. Which was weird. And they, they're still calling me an expert because you drafted I'm going out to the... Fa- well, yes. But also, I'm going to the Fantasy Football Expo. Ah, yes. And um, the the marketing graphic that was put out there. You were front and center. I was front and center in between Scott Engel, the king. The king. One of the best fantasy guys out there. And uh, fucking, who was the other guy? Frank, maybe? Frank, yeah. Frank. Yeah. Frank, another fantasy expert. And they called me an expert. And they said our three experts are going out to the expo. And so, now I'm an expert. You're an expert. So, now I tell you what to do. Yep. That's, that's pretty much so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously if you're listening, I would definitely go to the YouTube page or go to our TikTok or Instagram to kind of check out the graphic of this mock draft. But, um, right now we're going to go through the mock draft, kind of discuss the teams, kind of see who, you know, how it went and Mm -hmm. what our favorite teams were. Um, and just kind of talk about it a little bit like that. And then we're going to go into the top 50 players in fantasy and kind of just go through the board on fantasy pros and PPR and kind of just talk through People that were a little bit higher on, people a little bit lower on, and kind of just give our thoughts on fantasy. I think it'll be a good, like, high-level approach that people we're really looking at in fantasy. Um, but, yeah, let's react to this mock draft, Felipe. Let's do it, bro. All right, so first and foremost, um, I had the eighth pick. You were right behind me with the ninth pick. Yeah, um, I wanted to make sure I cleaned up after you fucked up. Yeah, you know? no, you, you definitely had a good draft. As a reminder, these were with... <laughs> All industry experts, so people yeah. that are way smarter than us, <laughs> yeah, um, to say the least. I hated my team. I'll be very <laughs> I hated your team, too. I hated it. Now, when I got to the eighth pick, or I had the ninth pick, excuse me, you had the tenth. Right, when I got right, to the right. ninth pick, I was fine with Diggs. I was going to take Bijan and try and switch it up. Um, I was fine with Diggs because I was expecting a running, oh, another wide receiver to fall, to which you sniped A.J. Brown right before me. Yeah. Um, Though I was not expecting A.J. Brown to fall to that point. I know that's probably the range where he's going, but the fact that Pollard got taken over him, even Garrett Wilson. Um, even Amon Ra. Even um, Amon Ra was actually a big surprise in the first round at the end of the first for me. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting A.J. Brown to fall to me. And so the fact that I was able to take C.D., which was about right, mm-hmm. I could see that coming. I, I was kind of eyeing that down. So I, I took that, which was natural. But when A.J. Yep. Brown fell to me in the second, it was like a fucking lock. Like yeah. I had to take that. That was easy. I was, I was targeting A.J., 
Um, you ended up taking Patrick Mahomes in the third, and he was the third quarterback actually off the board. Yeah. Why'd you go Patrick Mahomes? Why did you go Patrick Mahomes? Why'd you go quarterback that early? Talk, so, talk me through so that. I'm gonna tell you why. We're surrounded by a bunch of experts, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Mm. Josh Allen. Well, you're the expert. Uh oh, right, right, right. So okay, so Josh Allen went two picks after, right? So here's what I was looking at. I, I just, it's you get to the point in the draft where like you're just not confident in anybody anymore, mm-hmm. and. I'm usually a wait for your quarterback guy. Yeah, I draft same. a quarterback later, like even like round 10, even like in the old days. I'll take Drew Brees in like round like 12, 13, whatever. I never cared, mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers. But I just didn't love what I was looking at out of like receivers, running backs. It was too early to take a tight end. And so, and I knew we were in the range. The ADP was Patrick Mahomes at that point. Like he right. was right around there. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to pull it. Uh, I rarely get that, that QB1, but I'm going to take it this time. Well, what I like what you did with your team, and I think people – it kind of at least people in redraft, not even experts in fantasy, is like the way the board's falling, you could kind of yeah. give yourself some safer floors. And I think that's what you did kind of with Patrick Mahomes, knowing that Aaron Jones, uh, actually he was taken right after you, but yeah. knowing that there were running backs that weren't available and you could wait. Um, Patrick Mahomes, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb kind of give you a really safe floor to play with and allows for you to have some room to improve. So I like yeah. that you did that. Yeah. For me, my first three starts of Diggs, Jonathan Taylor, Ramondre, I'm not that high on Jonathan Taylor, but I do when I look at, because you took A.J. Brown, the next availables were Devontae Adams, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry. Now, Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, a lot safer running backs than Jonathan Taylor. And obviously, the holdout is an issue. But when it comes to Jonathan Taylor, we know when he is healthy, what he can do with the ball. So, for me, Jonathan Taylor picking him there was like, all right, well, if he's going to fall really to the 2-4, I'm, it's not, I'm not crazy about it, but I yeah. will take it. Um, and then, obviously, Ramondre. Ramondre, I didn't expect to fall to the third round. Now, I know the Patriots are looking at Dalvin, but Ramondre was one of the best running backs in fantasy last year. you think year. he's, like, a second-round solidified type of guy? I think I've seen Ramondre going kind of late second or mid mm. to late second. So, I mean, if Ramondre's going to fall to the third, you're obviously going to take Well, I'm not going to lie. You fucking sniped the shit. I, that, that's the other reason I took Patrick Mahomes. I was going to get Ramondre. Mm. I took two receivers uh, at the first and the second, and I wanted a running back there. Like I said, I don't, I'm not used to taking quarterbacks, but you took Ramondre, and so I was kind of forced with that. But I think Ramondre is a great pick. He's gonna, we know what he did last year in that Patriots offense, and we know he's going to get the volume again this year. They're, they didn't bring in another running back. I think they brought like another running back, but it's not like he's going to be like threatening his, yeah, his yeah. role. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, look look through like what who has your favorite team right now? Because as yeah, I so, look through it, there's not really like someone that I'm sitting here being like, "Holy right, shit, I right, love it." Right. Uh, I'm not crazy. I, I like Frank's though. I was gonna say I like Frank's as well. I like Frank's. I don't agree with the Jamar over Jettis, Um only because I think Jettis is a little bit safer than Jamar, given Joe Burrow's injury, and we know what Jettis like as the one one. I feel like Jettis was the one one. Um, in a few drafts last year and came back to be the wide receiver one. Yeah. So I think Jamar can very well be the overall wide receiver one, but I like what Frank did in terms of he gave himself a really, really safe floor by Jalen Hurts, Jalen Waddle, and Jamar Chase. And he still was able to get Kenneth Walker, who although I think a lot of people are afraid of Zach Charbonnet, we know that entire, you know, in all of Pete Carroll's career as the head coach, like running backs still got a ton of volume yeah, under Pete Everybody Carroll. gets touches. And, I, and I, I'm not as opposed to, and I specifically think in this year, like when I look at my running backs, I'm very much interested in guys that are at least going to get into, inside the five. Mm. And I think I could see that happening with Kenneth Walker a lot more and being utilized in the pass game. Now, Zach Charbonnet might take Yeah, I'm some scared of those, those goal line carries. But though. I'm still like, uh, opportunity-wise, if I'm yeah, just yeah, looking yeah. at opportunistic, if I'm being opportunistic in this draft, I think Frank had a really good draft. I like Jamar and, and Waddle. That's going to be... And look, Hurts really is going to ball out. Because yeah. you know he's got, you're right, you said safe floor, but he's going to run. You got a quarterback that can run like that, that's a safe floor for your quarterback. The first two picks are good. And I like the how he rounded out his team. I mean, it took a while to take a running back, but uh, so his running backs are, yeah, his running backs are Walker and Rashad White. Like, his running back game is weak. I think, 
I don't agree, though. You don't agree? Because you think I Rashad think White's going to be okay? I know he's, I, got, he's going to get a lot of, uh, like, receptions. We'll talk about it, obviously, as we go through, but I think Rashad White's the type of guy that didn't add anyone. Leonard Fournette isn't there. That team, Baker Mayfield could be checking it down a lot. Like, this is a guy that could just be having a lot of passing volume. And uh-huh. I think with fantasy, like, you could really get away with just having RB2s as your running backs if you have a loaded, you know, wide receiver core. That's why I also look at this guy, Jordan, who had the third pick, who started his draft with Tyree Olave, Jameer Gibbs, and then DJ Moore. You know, that's, that's a pretty safe trio for me. I, I'm a, I love I'm a, that. I love that as well. But I love Jameer Gibbs as your first RB. Yes. Like, I think that's totally – like, he's going to be good. And he has a chance to be a top 12 running back. Um, and I guess – yeah, man, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking through this draft. I'm not crazy. And I'm not crazy about all these teams. And the reason I say that is because – all these guys are experts, right? All these guys know what they're talking about. There's a reason they're picking a lot of these guys ahead yeah, of their true. ADP and sniping other guys. So I think for the most part, there's a reason all these teams aren't that stacked, right? There's not one clear cut because everyone knows what they're doing. No, so, I'm the clear cut. Well, you got see me for Hoko, so. Yeah. But <laughs> if you do want to go see the full mock draft, if you yeah. do want to go see what these experts said about why they picked certain guys at their ADP, why they reached on some guys and why you know they let some other guys fall, make sure to go to thegameday.com. We will link the article in our bio, so make sure to go oh, check yeah. that out and go check out that sleeper mock we did with all the industry experts. Damn straight. Um, but now let's move into something that I think will be a lot more fun for us, something that we could talk about a lot more, which is going through the consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros, the top 50 players or so. Let's go maybe even the top 60 or just going through the list of uh-huh. fantasy players and kind of talking through guys we might be higher on, guys we might be lower on, um, and just really talk through fantasy. I think a lot of people, and I've gotten a lot of texts as of late of, I haven't looked at any fantasy. I haven't done any mock drafts. Like, I, don't, I feel so lost. I don't know what to do. And I think this little episode that we're doing can serve as just kind of people that we're targeting and, and throughout yep. all the things that you and I have seen. So who are some guys in fantasy that you're really high on or you're really low on? Let's start with kind of those first 10 to 15 guys. Who are some guys that you're really in on? So really looking at like tier one, tier two, tier two, one, three tier guys. two. Tier one, tier two, and tier three. Who are some fantasy guys you're really into? I'll tell you a few guys I, I don't think you can miss on. You're not going to miss on, obviously, Jefferson, Chase, Hill. I'm scared of McCaffrey. I've always been scared of McCaffrey. I'm scared of McCaffrey injuries. as well. But talk through that because I think that's a... McCaffrey yeah. in particular? He, we just... Have we seen him play 16, I guess now 17 games ever? Like, I think he did last year, though. He was fully healthy. Was he fully healthy last he year? Fully healthy. The midseason trade kind of threw me off a bit. Yeah. but And he played really well. But you always say this. is talk, you're Talking about like drafting a guy at his ceiling. Mm. And Christian McCaffrey, you're drafting him at his ceiling. And his ceiling is 25 points per game, of yeah. course. But if he, do, if he gets hurt and doesn't reach that, then I'm a little scared. And I almost feel like I can bank on a receiver more, one of those top receiver more, uh, getting those points rather than a Christian McCaffrey. And then aside from McCaffrey, this is a year where I don't think there's another running back where I'm really confident in super, like, super high there. So, for me, Jettas, Chase, uh, Tyreek I love at the top. And then when you get, like, towards that bottom round of the first, which is kind of like tier two guys, I love CD. But then that's when I'm happy taking a, uh, a B. John Robinson or even a Stephon Diggs, too. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is like PPR we're going through. Yeah. So, half PPR would be a little bit different with, like, a CMC or an Eckler or even Saquon, when I look at the kind of first three tiers, let's say, of players in fantasy, yes, I agree, Jettis, Chase, CMC, Tyree, Cooper Cup. that's like the clear five. The biggest worry I have is Christian McCaffrey, and I think you and I are pretty like clear on that. Yeah. And that's, it's not only because of the injury history, and we know what he's capable of, but there's so many mouths to feed in San Francisco, and that's like, 
Yeah, but he ate anyways last year. Like he still had, he still got his. Yes, but I'd rather almost draft Elijah Mitchell so many rounds later, knowing that if CMC goes down, Elijah's going to give me. 60% of what he's I thought you were going to say you drafted Elijah Mitchell the first. I was like, no, no, bro, no. let me take C. Because it, it's, it's almost like the replacement, right? And I think I've always... Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I, here, here's the fantasy moat theory that I've always given, right? Moat. So, like, think of a moat, right? A body of water around a castle. Right? I didn't know Back that was a moat, but now I know. Yeah, so you, you know what I'm... You got the picture in your head, though, about yeah. a moat is? So the moat theory is basically goes like this. You have a player, let's say, like Christian McCaffrey. Mm. And a guy, the moat... Depending on, like, the, if Christian McCaffrey is the castle, like, the moat around him isn't as big, right? It's not as protected because Elijah Mitchell could come in theoretically and produce not the same but give you very similar value. Yeah. The counter to that almost would be, right, a Saquon Barkley. Now, I don't know yeah. who the fuck is behind Saquon no Barkley. Idea. But if I'm drafting Saquon, he's got a really large moat because someone else isn't going to come in and take those, you know, that share away and do it at the same value. Dalvin Cook was a guy last year where Alexander Madison can come yeah, in with you very, very similar production, and therefore you should be a little bit worried or wary about drafting Dalvin Cook at where he was going, wherever he was going. So for me, the moat is really about, like, can someone come in and reproduce what that other person's doing? And I don't think, you know, when I look at the running backs in the first round, there's not many that can do that. But let me ask you a question. Why does that matter? Like, uh, Saquon, like, why would that make you draft a Saquon Barkley instead of another guy because he has a higher moat? Well, what I'll tell you, what I'll because if either of them get hurt, you lose your guy regardless. Correct, correct. And I think that it's a what does that matter? It's a fine line because you also, it's not as necessarily that's the number one indicator. It shouldn't be the number one indicator. It's more so like if I'm drafting someone, can I get very similar value out of a person behind him? I want to know like what's the value in terms of the team. I see, I see. Like how is the team going to value what they're going to do? So when I look at these guys, where I was going with this is out of any of the running backs that could go in the first round, the number one running back that I would want is B. John Robinson. I agree. And the reason I would want B. John Robinson because, and I have a stat, and I was liking some tweets about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the tweets. Is that every running back drafted in the top 12 in the NFL finished as the RB11 or better in their rookie year. Even Trent Richardson was the RB7 as a rookie. Damn. The point is that investing that type of draft capital in a You're running back tells us how the team wants to utilize them. Yep. So guys like Jameer Gibbs, guys like Bijan Robinson, when I look at running backs, think about Saquon in his rookie year, right? He was oh. so overly utilized and, and performed. Zeke. Yeah. So if there's a running back that I want, it's Bijan Robinson, and it's because Tyler Algier also put up 1,000 yards behind that. Bijan Robinson is going to be utilized a lot more in the passing game. So... If you're at the back half of the draft in the first round in a 12-team league, like, Bijan is, is probably the number one guy that I want as a running back. So, if you're early, you're going wide receiver. If you're later and you want a running back, Bijan's that guy you want. So, I, I'm a lot higher on Bijan. So, but if Bijan is gone, let's say, and you're at that back half, or you're at that, like, yeah, the last four picks of the first round, mm-hmm. then what are you looking at? Yeah, so for me, I'm personally, personally I'm like, going to go, like, Diggs and CeeDee Lamb would be the, the people that I would really want. I think Amon Ra is a guy that I would hope falls um, onto that turn in the second round because I think that'd be a really good stack. I'm a little worried about Saquon, um, and I it, I think I liked the tweet, but it was a it was another stat about um, essentially running backs that have gotten a certain share the f- you know the year before they usually fail to kind of reproduce in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think those three running backs that felt you know fell in that category was Saquon, Derrick Henry, and another wow. guy. Um, Saquon, I'm not opposed to. I know we were talking with Scott Engel last night at the game. He was very, very high on drafting Saquon. He drafted him in that sleeper mock draft as well because of the contract year. 
But again, we've always said like he's not as he's a home run threat. He's not going to run in between the tackles, and that offensive line isn't as good. I'd rather take Bijan. So I would rather have Stefan Diggs or Ceedee Lamb personally. I don't That's want right. Austin Eckler. I don't know what Kellen Moore is going to do with him. Yeah. I don't think Justin Herbert's going to be checking it down as much. I'm fine if you want to draft Kelsey. I think he's one of probably the safest person in fantasy. The problem is at 34 years old, when is that fall off going to yeah, come? Yeah, I'm scared of that. Um, but Amon Ra is actually a really a guy, and I mentioned him that I'm like super super high on. And it's not because I had him, and I had this stat. It's um, that I was that I was yeah, all the little stats. I, yeah, I was all the out. fun little um, numericals. Amon Ra was tackled at the one yard line three times last year, which made Jamal Williams be the person that you know was the benefactor of those yeah. touch, those touchdowns. Um, and he was in, he was tackled inside the five multiple other times. So if you kind of factor that in, he would have had a lot more touchdowns if yeah, he wasn't tackled, and that would have inflated that value. So I'm I'm pretty high on Amon Ra. I mean, I like Amon Ra. I think a lot of people like Amon Ra because the Lions are going to score points. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you had Jameer Gibbs, who's going to be taking a lot of touches from that offense as well. It's not that I'm low on Amon Ra, but I think in that range where he's going, where you got like A.J. Brown, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, C.D. Lamb, uh, then I don't know. I'm looking at some of the other guys. What about like tier three? We got Garrett Wilson, Pollard. Yeah. Well, Nick like, again, like Will, Garrett Wilson, I'll probably take over Amon Ra too. I like Garrett Wilson a lot with, with Aaron Rodgers this year. He was already really good last year in mm. a fucking terrible offense. Like, mm. the horrible quarterback play. And you're, you're getting a guy that is one year removed from back-to-back MVP. So, I love Garrett Wilson. Uh, that's probably the receiver for me that I'm looking within this, like, tier... Th- looking at within this tier mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would take then, him over A.J. Brown and Devontae? I think I would take him I'll over... Take Bra- I'll take... In, in A.J. That, Brown. I'll take A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, and then... I agree. Devontae. I, I'm probably taking Waddle over Devontae as well. I'm I might, dude. That situation in Las Vegas is scary. It's really scary. Also, uh, I think his line, Devontae Adams' line is set at 96 and a half receptions. Um, he had 100 receptions last year, and that was with Derek Carr, with who Carr. still force-fed him. Yeah. I think, it, like, if he's you're drafting him in the second round, I'm hoping that you're going to have more than 100 receptions. And I think Amon Ra's a guy that can. Garrett Wilson's a guy that can. Yeah. I think A.J. Brown may not, but because of the yards and the touchdowns that could follow with A.J. Brown, it's a very high-ceiling, high-upside play. Nick Chubb's also another guy. Like, Nick Chubb is on an offense that yeah. he doesn't – like, Kareem Hunt's no longer he's there. Gone, yeah. If he can ca- catch another 15 to 20 more balls, and realistically 80% of those balls are going to be caught, that's going to add to his value. He has overall RB1 in his – he's the best pure runner. Yeah. In the NFL, yeah, that offense is going to be a lot better. Deshaun Watson will be a lot better. That yeah. you have one of the best offensive lines. I think Nick Chubb's also it's a good home val- run hit. It's like a value pick at that point. Yeah, I feel like the past couple of years you're looking at Chubb in the first round like always, but now you got getting them down there. What, what is that like equate to a kind of mid second, late second round? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you you love that. And and again, like it, it depending on what you do in the first round, it's obviously going to alter what you do in the second round. But if you can get good value there with like a Chubb in the second round, and that yeah. means. You know, you probably got like a what, like a Tyreek Hill or, mm. or somebody around in that range of the first, and I think you're in business. Yeah, totally. I also look at guys like in that tier four range, which is you know you have your boy Devonte Smith, Chris I'm Olave. So high on him. Talk, yeah, talk talk me through uh, Devonte Smith and why you're high on him. So midway through the season last year in Philadelphia, he actually outplayed AJ Brown in almost every metric that you care about for receivers. Like mm-hmm. we talk about efficiency metrics, yards per catch, like all all that type of shit. Um, so he was huge, especially in the playoffs. That that was evident who was out producing who. Uh, so Devontae Smith is huge. Um, and you're going to get Jalen Hurts, year two of eliteness. I know mm. this is his third year, but second year of being, like, really good. I think that's going to help him out. The offense is getting better. They, they added to their run game um, with DeAndre Swift. So I think Devontae Smith is going to have more opportunities, and he's only getting better. Mm. So I love Devontae Smith. I know a lot of people are super high on Chris Olave. I feel like you're either going, you're going one or the other. 
Some people I'm are high on him. more high on Olave than Smith, and some are the, the other way around. Um, I, think, I don't know. I think Chris Olave in that tier four yeah. is the only wide receiver that has a chance of being, you know, a wide, definitely a wide receiver one, but potentially an overall wide receiver one. Think about what Derek Carr did with Devontae Adams, force-fed him. Yeah. Chris Olave is a lot younger. Yeah. And obviously, they're not the same. Devontae Adams is an incredible wide receiver, but Olave was a guy that um, really produced and outproduced what his ADP was last year. And I think he's, For you know, sure. this time like, next year, you're going to see him in that Garrett Wilson, Waddle type range, AJ Brown type Could range. Could be. So I think Olave is actually a home run hit there. Um, yeah. DK is also another guy. Now, there's a ton of mouths to feed, but DK from yeah. a talent perspective. I don't love DK just because, because of what you said, the mouths to feed. Whereas, like, and don't get me wrong, he's still eight last year. Like, him and Tyler Lockett were both, like, mm. what, bottom wide receiver ones, mm-hmm. probably, like, high in wide receiver twos last year. But uh, in, um, what was we just talking about? DK. Oh, DK, yeah. In Seattle, you... It's just that now you add another receiver. He was first-round capital, and he's fucking good. Like, yeah. honestly, Might be the probably best. the most talented as a receiver than uh, out of all three. And then you still add, and then you add another running back, uh, Charbonnet. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many mouths to feed. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not too confident. Going into that Tier 5, you got Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper and Calvin yeah. Ridley are two guys that I, I mean you and Ridley, I have always said that Amari Cooper is is one of the most underrated. underrated wide receivers. I think he put up like twelve hundred yards last year, even with Jacoby Brissett for yeah. half the season. That offense is going to be vastly improved. I, I love Amari Cooper. I know people have said Amari Cooper's never finished like higher than an RB or wide receiver eleven in fantasy. That's true. But I don't think he's ever been able to stay healthy for a full season when he was there. Like when he was in Dallas, he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, but, but he that's was, he was part cooking. Of your concern as well now, right yeah, now. Yeah, but I'll take my chances again. We're not dra- we're drafting yeah, him as your wide receiver two potentially, or even wide receiver three. Yeah. If Amari Cooper's your wide receiver three, that's a home run hit. Calvin Ridley's another guy. I think Calvin Ridley is I agree with Ridley. a top ten wide receiver. I think in Calvin, general or in fantasy in general. Okay, and yeah, I think he's in that that range where you kind of talk about him like eight to like 12, 13 is probably yeah. somewhere in there. And I think that people have forgotten what he's done. They Trevor have. Lawrence, I think, attempted the fourth most uh, end zone passes last year, and Calvin Ridley is going to be a good, he's better than Christian Kirk, and we saw what Christian Kirk did. Yeah, so facts. that's another one. Aaron Jones is a huge one that I'm also high on. Aaron Jones has never finished outside of the top ten running backs in fantasy over the last four years, and Aaron Jones is currently going as the RB sixteen. Yeah. Off the board. RB15 on this. What I've heard is that, you know, a lot of people are scared of A.J. Dillon starting to get more and more carries and kind of taking it away from, from him, taking just touches away from, a- from from Jones. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you can't, you can't dispute those stats that. that you just talked about, man. Yeah. Like, you bring out the, the hitters, you know what I'm saying? I, I just, like, also when I look at it, like, if it's Aaron Jones or Brees Hall, Brees Hall may have the higher ceiling. Because of the offense. Easily. But I'm worried about the injury, and I'm, they do have other mouths to feed there. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that's as talented as Brees Hall. But Aaron Jones is just a guy that, like, the proof is definitely in that pudding. Well, here- I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to – if you're late in that first, which we keep talking about, where Brees might go in the third, yeah. I can take an Aaron Jones in that third, or I can take Amari Cooper. Now I can have potentially three wide receivers, and Amari Cooper would be my wide receiver three. And then pull an Aaron Jones, and he could still finish as an RB one. The the I looked through the pudding, and the proof was definitely there. <laughs> um, but really, like for real, for real, when I'm looking at these running backs right here, because I know where we're, you're going. we're looking at tier five. Yeah, you probably do. And you have these different guys. Jameer Gibbs, mm. to me, you spoke on top twelve running backs, yeah. right? Yeah, was yeah, that yeah, the yeah. specific stat? Top twelve running backs, uh, or running backs? I take in the top twelve how they perform. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Jameer Gibbs obviously got that capital. He's going to get his volume, and his volume is going to come largely through the air. It's PPR. We really value that, you know, receptions. And I think he's just going to get his touches, his volume. And I think he's just fucking talented as yeah, shit. Yeah, like you mentioned, talented. even Trenton Richardson that 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 counted for him, and um, he flamed out quick. 
this dude, Jameer Gibbs, is talented as shit. So probably um, I'm going to take him over guys like uh, even Brees Hall. Or, I'm going to take him over Brees as well. Yeah, yeah. or uh, Aaron Jones. Like I would definitely take Jameer Gibbs over Aaron Jones. Yes and no. I think you, there's a chance you can get both of them, which would be interesting. That would be. Um, I'm just looking at them at like back to back. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Eight, Let's uh, um, we could talk through because we're gonna wrap soon. Yeah. Um, maybe some quarterbacks. I know I, I've Christian Watson. There's been a lot of hype on, and there's a ton of stats to back up Christian Watson. Um, you know, and and what he can do, and I'm I'm all for it, and I think he is a he could be a home run hit. Mm. The worry comes down to Jordan Love. And I think that's a fair, you know, I think the industry is super high on Christian Watson. There's a lot of stats that back up why Christian Watson's going to have a, you know, be a home run threat this year. But I'm still wary of it. I'm a little concerned because of Jordan Love. Now, Jordan Love looks great in training camp, but you never know. Um, Yeah, Watson, he's got the the tangibles. That's mm, what we like to see. mm, Big. mm. His size is like 6'5", like two fucking 30 and Mm. runs a fucking 4'3 or some shit. Like, he's got that. But, yeah, it's all dependent on Jordan Love. We don't know what the fuck that is. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm wary of him as well. But if he pans out, he pans out. But would you rather get somebody with the higher floor that's going around the same range? I I tend to be the guy who does. I like to take my flyers a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, same. Same. I'd rather, like, in that instance, in Tier 6, I would rather take uh, Deontay Johnson, who had zero touchdowns last year. That's why he's going that late. He's always been one of the most underrated wide receivers. I'd rather even, and I'm not high, and you and I both talked about on taking quarterbacks there, but I wouldn't mind taking a Justin Herbert or a Justin Fields. Um, you know, Christian Kirk's also there. He's going to be you benefit a lot from um, benefit a lot from Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Walker's also there, right? His his stock is is falling, and we talked yeah. about it, but. I think he's a guy that can return massively on that ADP. Before we wrap, I want you to kind of go into like a quarterback or two. I know you and I yeah. talked about quarterbacks, but with you know, I think there's something to be said about drafting a quarterback early, given you know they they provide you the most amount of points in fantasy. So, is there yeah. a quarterback that you're looking at and being like, you know what, fuck it, I'll draft that person at all costs? So I think it's like situational, as we talked about when we were talking about the sleeper draft. Like I was in a position in the third round where I didn't like any. I didn't like the value. It's not that I didn't like the guys. I didn't like the value of any of the, like, the running backs and receivers. It was too early for a tight end. And so I took a, a Patrick Mahomes. But that's not usually what I would do. Mm. I think there's, there's a lot of... Uh, in the past, there's always been like two rushing quarterbacks. Three. Now there's like a lot of these guys who can provide you a safe floor. Bro, even Anthony Richardson like late. I'm not saying go out and just draft him. Maybe draft another guy's insurance if you're going to do that. But Anthony Richardson has top 10 value only because he's a good rusher. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna, and he's going to run the ball and he's going to give volume. So... I like Fields where he's at. I feel like he's in a position where there's guys that you don't really, like, love around him. Mm. Um, if you're already kind of, like, loaded up on receiver, you probably feel better about taking him than, like, if you're, like, only left with at receiver. Like, you're left with guys like, I don't know, Brandon IU, Christian Kirk. Maybe you feel better. Go take your quarterback. I like Fields. Um, and then waiting a bit. I, I know I mentioned Anthony Richardson. I like getting him late. Uh, you might want to get, like, a, one of those guys that's going to be there as, like, a Kirk Cousins, like, way later. I'll be honest. Like, if I think Anthony Richardson, though, I'd rather even take the gamble on, like, a Russell Wilson if we're waiting that late. I Yeah. Like, I, talent I get wise. It. I get it, but I think, like, there's I'm not something about that, wanting the like, rushing upside nowadays. And the only reason, the only way I wouldn't want the rushing upside is if I have, like, Joe Burrow. Like, I need one of those elite, elite passers. And even still, I want Fields over Burrow. So, uh, yeah, right. Like, if, if I'm in a position, like, later on, I'm just – I, I want to get one of those guys that provides that rushing upside. Yeah. So, whoever that is, that's who I want. I also think – and we'll go into our last point. Deshaun Watson and two are two guys that 
yeah. and provide you drastically different things, but are going super late. Deshaun is a guy that was one that's, of the best fantasy that's, that's quarterbacks. The team's going to be vastly improved. Two is going to give you a safe floor week over week if he can stay healthy. So, you know, if you want to wait on quarterbacks, there are some guys later in the draft that you can get a lot of value on. Um, right before we wrap, what's one player kind of lower down this board? And, you know, you could, you could even bring up JK because you've said it that you I've know said it too many times. You're looking at and you're like, that to me feels like a person I want to draft. Yeah, I've said JK too many times, so I'm going to veer off of that, even though, like, that's obviously my guy. Um, shit, we talked a bit about him. Uh, let's see who else. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little different, not and, and not different in, even in a bad way. I think it's, like, it's uh, hard some people talk about it, but I think Jerry Judy has a potential mm. to have a big year this year. He progressed a lot throughout the back half of last season. Totally, totally. And the thing with Jerry Judy is he's never reached his potential. Right. And so I feel like you're still kind of drafting him. Um and a good value now because if he pops off this year, you know he's going to be skyrocketing up. Totally, he yeah. was like 24 years Can old. Can he stay healthy though? I feel like he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Yeah, I don't know what uh, how many games. Uh, I know he played throughout the back end of last year, and it was good. Uh, he's, I feel like he's one of those guys that has like the like hamstring injuries, which are kind of annoying. Yeah. But look, I'm not Christian McCaffrey's going in the, like early in the first round. Before we're not thinking about injuries. Jerry Judy, I feel like you could get good value of him if we're expecting. Sean Payton and Russ to get it together. Jerry Judy will be the main benefactor of that. You say it all the time. Corlin Sutton can't separate. Yeah. Jerry Judy can. It's just a matter of like putting everything together. And I think he started to do that at the at the back half of last year, and that should continue this year. Yeah. A guy I'm looking at, I'll go running back just to, to veer. It's two guys. It's Alexander Madison because I think they didn't really add anyone. They drafted someone, but yeah. there's no one else there, and that's the RB1 on a pass-heavy team. Even yeah. if he doesn't pop off, he's still going to get touchdowns. He's still going to get game in the, you know, or get passes in the screen game. Yeah. Alexander Madison, he may not be, like, the sexiest, but he's a guy that can give you a pretty safe floor week over week. You know, people yeah. forget that when Davin would go down, Alexander Madison well. was probably the greatest handcuff in the NFL behind Tony Pollard with Zeke. So, uh, Alexander Madison going as the RB23 can, I think, can, can improve and, and kind of finish as a... Uh, you know, in that middle RB2 uh, pack. And then one last guy I'm looking at is Alvin yeah. Kamara. Now, Alvin Kamara is a guy that obviously wasn't great uh, last year. His efficiency numbers have kept on falling. But a three-game suspension is nothing. And I know you're really no, high on Kendra Miller, but Alvin Kamara well, is now yeah. with a quarterback that can move the chains a lot better than Andy Dalton. I think Dennis Allen as a head coach has to prove a lot more or else he's not going to have a job after this year. And from a talent perspective, it's almost like – I don't want to say he's Austin Eckler, but he might be the most talented pass catcher out of the backfield or one of them. And yeah, Austin sure. Eckler, we've always talked about the age, right? You fall off. Austin Eckler is past that age and popped off last year. Alvin Kamara is at that age, could very well do a very similar thing in just returning on value. So I'm looking at Alvin Kamara. I'm looking at Alexander Madison as two guys really late that are convincing me that I will be okay drafting wide receivers heavy and relying on these running backs late. I like them. I All like them right. a lot. Well, hey, guys. that was fun. That was oh, good. yeah. Um, football's back. If you're listening, if you're watching, we're going to be doing this, like I said, twice a week, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you want fantasy-specific advice, obviously we fuck around all the time yeah. on the actual podcast, and we very much will, but this will be a lot more analytical, a lot more conversational about fantasy-specific stuff. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, we're going to try and make it a lot quicker. we got a lot to talk about, a massive season incoming. Uh, so if you want any fantasy advice, uh, promos, or anything, make sure to go to thegameday.com. You can find it all. That's right. And... Um, yeah, we're going to be doing this all season, Felipe. Let's go. Fantasy's back, baby. Football's back. Football's back. The Caps Off Podcast is brought to you by The Game Day. Starring Adam Tabachnik, Felipe Fontes, Jack Parodi, and Matan Mann. Producers Ben Wolfen and Matan Mann. 
Don't forget to check out our social at Caps Off Pod on Instagram and at Caps Off Podcast on TikTok. And go to thegameday.com for all the best sportsbook offers. Thank you.